Hello, my killer whales. This is your assaulting dolphin host, Matthew Sanborn-Smith, and his sea lion that just kind of shoves you around podcast, Beware the Hairy Mango. Today's story is all about doing what it takes to survive. If all you've got is a ham and cheese sandwich and some bastard steals your cheese, it's time to make do with a ham and sandwich. Ham and Sandwich by Matthew Sanborn-Smith. The post-apocalypse got its name because it started at the post office. The price of stamps went up the same day they ran out of two-cent stamps and all hell broke loose. Now people roamed hills of rubble, killing creatures for their organ meat, the most nutritious of the three meats. The second being muscle meat, and the third being a meaty part in a stage play. But believe me, when things got particularly tough, no one was above hunting the large packs of scripts that scurried across the desolate wastes for whatever they could get. But all in all, the end of the world was treating Benny pretty well. He didn't have to punch a time clock, he didn't have to wash the dishes because there were no dishes, and there was no more reality TV. There was just reality. But more than that, Benny was finally in his element. His life in the pre-war world was as an itinerant music store employee, riding the rails from shop to shop and playing whatever keyboard was at hand for a bowl of hot soup. It was his knockabout life and his knowledge of these instruments that now made him the greatest hunter of his time. For you see, the great meat-toting animals of yesteryear had all been destroyed in the wars. But thanks to radiation and a blatant disregard for real science, vast herds of electronic organs roamed the plains and their meat was prized by all. Benny knew how to track the organs across long distances. He listened for the distant strains of Deep Purple's space trucking on the wind. Benny would chase down the weakest of the group and lure it away with the sheet music for the girl from Ipanema. Then he'd pounce upon it and pull its plug so it would be powerless to resist him. He'd bring it from its home to his, resulting in the first successful post-apocalyptic organ transplants. Benny's people grew fat and strong from his great skill, and Benny amassed much power. But as years went on, other hunters learned Benny's methods, and they began hunting them not only for their organ meat, but for their plastic keys, which were highly valued as jewelry. Future people really dug long white and black rectangles hanging from their ears. Soon the great juicy Hammonds and Yamahas that once ruled the fields had been killed off. Now all that could be found were small Casios and the occasional Kitar. These certainly weren't enough to fill the bellies of Benny's tribe. Things looked bad, and Benny's role as chief was threatened. But Benny had other skills from his past life. He discovered artificial organ meat, plundered from the bodies of the abundant synthesizers. He had always hated those things anyway, always playing green onions as if to taunt him. He hadn't eaten green onions in years. Thanks to their diet of artificial meat, Benny's people started to become artificial themselves. They began wearing sunglasses all the time and liked to sit in the unmoving remains of hot foreign sports cars. They made movie deals for films that would never be made, but that wasn't any different than most of the deals made when things were good. Though life hadn't gone quite as he planned, Benny died on top. He donated his organs to his people. They used his organs to replace their own body parts, then played the samba song Brazil on them, and then they ate them. <laughs> If this story grabbed your organ, you can play it and other worm ears at the web logo of the mini moke, BewareTheHairyMango.com. Defecate gleefully in the comments for this post. Please don't do that, I'm just making jokes here, okay? Or darkly mail me and we'll look through our scanners at Matthew at BewareTheHairyMango.com or get excited that I just opened this bit up to a long list of adverbs at BewareTheHairyMango at gmail.com. If you were to capture one all-encompassing two-word statement about SFSignal.com, then the SF and SFSignal.com would stand for shoddy framework, which covers not only a too large percentage 
percentage of the stories and films we experience, but also the construction of our vast office building. At other jobs, the office supplies are stolen by employees. Here they're being stolen by the repair crew who are holding the building together with a combination of scotch tape, staples, and post-it notes. You can literally see the writing on the wall. Tweet to your farthest acquaintance that because of the trust you've built up over the years of seeing each other's avatars on Twitter, they should follow me at twitter.com slash upwithgravity. Nothing says bonding like 73 degrees of separation. Slap some dough in my paw through the donate button on the homepage so I can cook up a heapin' helpin' of cat biscuits to get me through the lean months ahead. Don't worry, I don't kill any cats in the making of my biscuits. I pay a guy. Okay, he doesn't really kill them. He puts them in luxurious kitty saunas and drains off the nutritious cat water. This podcast dips its finger gently into all the places it's invited and then examines the bonds of its many friendships with the classic smell my finger test that sent brother against brother-in-law in many an ancient war along the Fertile Crescent and with the help of a mischievous Creative Commons attribution non-commercial share like 4.0 international license. Oh, uh, fuck. I'm going with that. Forget it. Until Merle Haggard writes Sucky from Kentucky, this will probably have to keep on being Matthew Sanborn Smith, reminding you it's always darkest just before it gets a little less dark. Good night.